Green Goddess Delights. Edibles, topicals, remedies using only whole plant cannabis formulas for real green healing, mind, body, and soul. Providing patient to patient safe access. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for details and information. Green Goddess Delights. need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did, do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient, nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation, get legal, CanacareDocs.com. We're the Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. Welcome, we're live with the Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. My name is Mike Crawford. Sit next to me is uh, Lauren. Lauren Pespiza. Pepsi. Lauren Pepsi, or Splendid Spoon, as many on the internet used to know me. And I want to just note that we are all on to, we went to, a, a lot of us went to a party together. That's right. Today, and we, we got here early through a traffic argument, or whatever they call that, a traffic catastrophe in boston we got here early <laughs> yes and we were we waiting and the show was a little late because of the show before us and not us we were on time for yes we were. we were on time we were right herb right boss man yeah the producer says yes we were we were on time for once i just want to make note of that we're trying uh, with the young jerks we're here every saturday at 6 p.m we have a special guest on the phone so uh i don't know do you want to introduce this do you have any, something built up for this lauren yeah I well i think we kind of both do because actually one of the um first times we did a show together mike was when we uh discussed this person well, you could say that we met because of this yeah per- it's true because yeah. I, I was saw the story about it and i was realized there were some local people who uh knew uh the individual yes uh and uh you know what was happening with him and and i just discovered it and you were one of the first you and greg yeah me and greg came on the old show with uh frank and i believe it what was it no heather? it was heather heather, it was heather. And I, my co-host then it was the uh two hothead show on, on right. regular radio right and yeah, we had you on because of this person that we yeah, have on the show right now, right? We were trying to support him at the time. Uh, That's right. This person is a newly released um, journalist who has been persecuted because of uh, basically doing his job as a, you know, uh, investigative journalist and uh, also a friend of mine. And I don't know, I'm getting tongue tied already. So Over-pro- here it is. I want to say over prosecuted too. Like, over oh like ridiculous. oh yeah What yeah, they do yeah. is they just pile on and yeah. they lie, they cheat, they steal, they act like criminals. Yes, yes. Um, the government, the prosecutors. <laughs> I'll say it today. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I mean, I'm as clean as they come. If you do anything to me, I'm not telling you. Like, seriously, I'd take no chances. And except on the First Amendment here. Yeah, I think well, that's basically screwed. what it was. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. I feel like without further ado, we have on the show today Barrett Brown. Thank yeah, you for coming Barrett. on. Big Give round of applause. <laughs> Welcome, Barrett. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So, how how are you, Barrett? Um, how was how was our intro? First of all, 
it was it was very long. It was very long. I know, right? I know. <laughs> and I know. loud. And loud. It touched upon a lot of different things. Though. I feel like you got you guys got a lot of ground covered there. But, All right, um, cool. So, um, so basically, you know, since we were discussing your case when we last had uh, a show about you, even in your absence, um, I guess we should bring the viewers and the listeners up to speed on like where you are currently. So, if you could just go into that a li- little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, nine months ago or so, I was released from prison after doing four years on a number of charges that I pled to. And uh, since then, I've been, you know, before I got involved with Anonymous back in 2010, I was trying to put something together called uh, Project PM. Now, Project PM, you'll see in a lot of the articles, including those some of you, which, uh, you've been quoted in, you know, you, when you worked with us, Project PM was an intelligence contracting crowdsourced investigation, as in we were looking into these issues that had come up uh, after an anonymous hack on this firm called H.P. Gary when they exposed this uh, very bizarre conspiracy by the DOJ, by other corporations to go after journalists and activists. And in the aftermath of that, there was some news coverage, and one of the fellows had to resign. Uh, <laughs> Call, uh, investigation was called for on the, on the floor of uh, Congress, but that was uh, quickly closed down. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept going. Uh, we were, you know, we understood that the dynamics of the media are such that these stories, even if there's more there that needs to be covered, and even if nothing has really been achieved yet, uh, you know, in terms of getting the government to rein itself in. Uh, so was, these things just need to be, they need a little extra boost. Of, uh, attention, and so we went about going through these these emails that have been stolen, that had just sort of been gleaned a little bit by the, the mainstream press, and we compiled everything we could find from those emails and from other emails that were stolen by anonymous later on, and from public sources of information, patents, tax records, in order to paint a picture of this intelligence contracting industry, this this public private. Uh, uh, alliance of espionage and surveillance and black operations directed at, frankly, directed at democracy. And right. so that went on for a while, as, as you recall. And then uh, I was eventually raided and then later on uh, arrested and uh, indicted and all that. And, and the great thing about that was the way in which they came after me, uh, it was enough that even real slow on the uptake outlets like the New York Times, Time Magazine, uh, but eventually right. understood that something was wrong here. Right. Right? They were, the, the way we were coming after me didn't make any sense. It, less, it was in the context of retaliation to the things that we had uncovered. And I so think they even got scared as journalists. Of what we had uncovered. Right? Even they got scared because they're like, if it starts with a Barrett Brown, who, who who's next? Like someone that doesn't, you know, you're a journalist. They're like, this is not, uh, you weren't a hacker. You were a journalist covering real stuff. Like, I just, I got horrified by what happened to you. Uh, and then some of the stuff that you uncovered was amazing. Like people are still talking about it. Like the, the uh, what were we talking about? This bot thing with a enterprise. What? Oh well, that was persona management. We yeah, were persona about, management also, stuff. Yeah, all the all the surveillance technology, dragnet surveillance. The people didn't know about. That, I mean, Barrett and his research have been uh, vindicated by a lot of other leaks and uh, information that have come out since. Do, do you think people are using that? Like corporations or governments? Who's using that? Like kind of that bot technology on forums on the internet. Persona management, uh, we know, uh, for instance, we know that Syncom is using it. We know which some of the companies that have built uh, these kind of programs for either to compete for bids by, uh, from the government or to cater to other companies. Uh, but our, our data kind of stops right there. It stops at the very end of 2010 because that's when the emails uh, were taken. And we haven't really, you know, from that we were able to kind of piece together some things, find some patents that gave us a little bit more insight into what it what it does, what its extent was. Uh, and from that kind of glean, you know, 
this is something that's clearly going to expand. It's something that's yeah. clearly useful. It, it's what it is uh, essentially is the ability for a single human operator to control, say, fifteen to twenty fake online personas. So these aren't these aren't just sock puppets where you're sitting there having to. Uh, handle all these conversations yourself. The software helps you to manage you know, what conversations you've had with each persona, uh, as each persona with other people. It, it, it does a great deal to make it easier to uh, send these, these fictional beings out and have them interact with people, infiltrate, manufacture events, that sort of thing. And uh, so yeah. we don't know a great deal beyond that, but we can extrapolate and say that what else, from what else we've seen, right. uh, we know that there's lots of companies that would uh, benefit financially from producing further versions of this. And there's also lots of other companies, uh, not in that sector, that would very much like to be able to go after their enemies uh, in the public using this kind of information software. And so we can, we can assume this is expanded, that it'll be more refined in the future, it'll get better. And uh, we're, in, we're entering a period of potentially great confusion with all of these, uh, not just persona management, but other apparatus becoming more widely available to all these actors. Uh, so it, it was important, it was important. Uh, but it's not my main emphasis now. It's something we're going we're gonna, to uh, pick that up uh, pretty soon, incidentally. Right. But Project PM, before, it got in, before we got into all that, before we kind of ran into this, this issue um, in this very dramatic way, uh, my original intent was to build a, a framework, a sort of a civic collaboration That's framework right. that would allow this the sort of information age advantage we have of it being able to collaborate with anybody else on the planet, uh, to kind of take that to the next step and make it more rigorous, make it uh, take the agility that you saw with Anonymous, for instance, where people can very quickly come in and get their ideas implemented and, uh, you know, get things done in a way uh, where you're running circles around institutions. And Anonymous did that quite a bit. Right. But, but take it a step further where it's more rigorous, where it's not something that's going to burn itself out. And so the pursuance system, uh, which is what we've, we've I've been talking about since I got out, uh, that's going to become, that's going to be set up and instituted in the next few months. There's, a, uh, there's some information about what that, how that works at pursuanceproject.org. People can right. also sign up to be, uh, to be uh, considered for uh, participation. And there'll be some more, uh, and there've been a couple of articles in Wired and all that about this uh, in the last nine months. And there'll be a couple of documentaries, a couple of broadcasts on NPR, uh, PBS, and Vice uh, that'll go into this in the next few months as well. Pursuance.org, that's it? It's, 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 yeah, P-U-R-S-U-A-N-C-E. Is what it's how it's spelled. Pursuanceproject.org. Oh, project. Yeah. I got to figure that. Project.org. Perfect. Pursuance. Project. And this is something that um, you'd been speaking about even in 2014. I remember. Um, this is something that you've had a long time, you know, as your uh, experience with Project PM and with doing these kind of activities. I think this is sort of like you, you've come up with a lot of, uh, you know, you've seen what doesn't work too, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you and I have both had the, had the opportunity just to see up close and right. work on these things and see how see the various methods that are kind of in use right now in, in terms of collaborative research and, and yeah. collaborative activism. And we can see, you know, obviously Project PM, uh, as, as the investigation, was very haphazard. It was an IRC channel. But we, we, we made it work. Uh, we, we just happened to be able to get people in there who were very useful, who were right. willing to work on these things long term. And we compiled that, uh, the website that 
uh, you know, presented all these things for, for journalists who wanted to look into these issues. And uh, it, it was it was successful enough that the FBI came down very hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, search warrants were executed on my place. Uh, they listed specifically uh, Project PM, Echelon2.org yeah. wiki, and HP Gary and Game Systems, two of the firms that we had uh, uncovered wrongdoing by, as subjects for search. Strapper, incidentally, which I was later actually charged for. Right. It was overseen itself. A hack that was overseen by the FBI itself. Exactly. Like I mentioned on that search warrant. That's not really what this case is about. The case, the grand jury uh, search warrants that I didn't know about until later began shortly after, you know, early 2011 after we'd uncovered DOJ's wrongdoing. That's what this was about. Right. Um, and, they're, and they're still giving you a hard time about that now about, uh, you know, the fine that they have, uh, that you have to pay. In, in terms of your yeah, income, one thing I was I was rearrested a few months ago for doing interviews. Uh, they found out I was doing an interview with one with Vice Television and the one next week with TDS right. for a documentary coming up, and they uh, told me I couldn't do it without permission. And I told them that was not true and referred them to the relevant uh, BOP articles on that. It was so Kafka. I've been doing interviews without permission, obviously from prison. You know, right? I mean, so instead of saying, "Okay, we're wrong," they just had me rearrested by the U.S. Marshals and then a uh, law firm up in New York challenged them, uh, said they were going to take it to court and have them explain why I was being confined, and rather than having to explain that, uh, they just let me go. It's so and bizarre. And then more recently, they've sent subpoenas to The Intercept and to my literary agent's uh, writer's house up in New York, demanding all communications and all financial records, ostensibly mm-hmm. to make sure I'm paying my restitution properly. Uh, in fact, they, they have my bank account. They have, uh, you know, they have access to all my financial records. My probation officer, who's supposed to be overseeing my restitution payments, you know, doesn't know what this is about. It's very, it's very irregular. And uh, I actually called up the uh, office and recorded conversation. Right. Caught him off guard and asked these questions, how, how this makes sense and all that. And they really weren't able to articulate that very well. So, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that, that just comes to the territory and we'll see more of it. <laughs> Uh, we're going to give out our phone number in a second, but we just noticed something that we want to give our... Uh, I'm a jerk, Barrett, uh, especially when we have mistakes on the show. I, I wrote down specifically what to uh, write on our Facebook Live for your name. And, of course, Herbie misspelled it. We found out he misspelled your name, Barrett. Can you believe that? I, I believe it. Should, should I whip him? <laughs> should we kick him down the street? Like, what should we do to our producer? Wait, now is it me? Uh, Did I? I? Mean, you, you can get a job oh, at the New York that, Times. That is two T's. You can get a job at the New York Times. There's oh. a lot of factual errors, even by relatively good journalists. Which he, he could do the Globe, uh, too. Uh, so my name wrong is actually not that bad. <laughs> really? Okay. Because now he's showing me the paper They like it, as evidence that I misspelled it, but... I didn't. I wrote it right. It's on the paper. Now he realizes. It took him a little while. <laughs> he realizes his error. Wow. He definitely could work for the New York Times. You, where do you you write for a lot of places? Where do you write again, Barrett? Well, uh, these days I only write. I'm just starting back up this column for the Intercept that I did from prison. Nice. Uh, the one, the one I won the National Magazine Award for. Uh, I'm just starting that up again with an excellent announcement piece on on the sort of the official announcement of the pursuing system, explaining the case behind it. But uh, beyond that, I'm just working on this book coming out next year. Uh, previously, I wrote for The Guardian pretty regularly, wrote for Huffington Post, uh, Vanity Fair, uh, New York Press. Uh, I had a column in Skeptical Inquirer, or Skeptic Magazine, um, just other sort of things, uh, Daily Beast one time. Um, but yeah, these days I'm just working on this book, which is going to cover all these issues, awesome. and, and the last third of which will explain the, the, the pursuant system itself and also this broader concept we're trying to push of what we call process democracy uh, as opposed to institutional democracy. Oh, uh, perfect. You know, emergent, 
online sort of process-based right. uh, structures by which to counter institutions. I love this. Which, this uh, sounds so great. Which groups like the Pirate Party are taking a lot of interest in as well, I think correct? humans want this too, right? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're setting up a board of directors and all that, and uh, I'll, I'll announce the actual names in this column. But, yes, we have – we're already known – you know, we've already – uh, made it known that we're working with certain facets of the Pirate Party, coming from the national parties as well as the uh, Pirate Party International Board, and uh, they'll be providing some assistance. And I think uh, they'll be helping us to bring in people who are going to be real solid for this for this system. Uh, you know, this is an invitation-only system. It's not something. It's not like a new Facebook right. or a new thing based on the concept that only if only the people's voice was heard and blah blah blah. Right. Fifty percent of this country is essentially it's not fascist. It's like a new Facebook or a new process. Thing based so on this the is something that when you when you're voice. participation, you you come in with the, with the understanding that you are opposed to the police state, you're opposed to the drug war, right. you're opposed to the surveillance state, and. So we're not we're not we're not asking for total ideological unity. You can be capitalist, anti-capitalist, anarcho-capitalist, communist, mm-hmm. anarchist, uh, Democrat, even I guess Republican once in a while, uh, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever. So long as you agree with this basic framework, so long as you're somebody who's an evidence-based thinker, uh, we start with that, and we let let each person who comes in they have the right to bring in others. You're going to maintain a certain degree of hub. A certain framework, a certain agreed framework that will serve as a basis for cooperation going forward on other issues. Excellent. We're speaking to Barrett Brown. Uh, we're the Young Jerks on uh, WEMF Radio. You can also watch us on our Facebook page. Pursuanceproject.org is his new, uh, uh, what do we call this? Your new project? Your new gig? Your new. Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, it, it, it's grown out of the old, my old ideas from 2009, when Project PM was originally supposed to do something like this, and then, it, you know, then we got cut up with Anonymous and blah, blah, and I got busy with prison. <laughs> uh, but this is this is the culmination of all that, but it is a new, it's a new organization, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new, it's not Project PM for such, but it is, it does draw upon those things, it draws upon Anonymous, it draws upon uh, Telecomics, some of these, right. you know, the very successful collaborations we've seen, but it is a new project, yes. Those who came before and paved the way. Um, I I actually was wondering, you know, I know you posted recently about what Jeff Sessions said about harassing journalists, about, you know, their sources, which will now be the DOJ policy. And well, do you think it will affect your work or do you think this has always been the policy? Like, what do you what do you make of uh, that statement, I guess, coming from your perspective? Well, you have you have DOJ policy uh, officially and then you have DOJ shadow policy. Right. Uh, and DOJ shadow policy has is, been is sufficient for them to do largely whatever they like. I think this new policy, I think it's more about setting the tone, just just sort of telling the prosecutors here, you can go ahead and, and now do this more, and we're going to back you up on it. Uh, and so it's, it's, I think it's a matter of extent rather than a fundamental change. Uh, I think right. the way they're doing it is going to come back to haunt them. They're, they're picking an overt fight with the press rather than, rather than just sort of uh, piecemeal uh, going after individual journalists in a way that doesn't necessarily evoke a strong reaction. Uh, they're doing so. They're doing about the entirely wrong wrong way from their from a pragmatic point. From their right. Point of view. Even uh, to accomplish so their I'm, goals. I'm happy about it, frankly. Okay. So you think this is like sort of like a big reveal? They shouldn't have shown those cards yet. Yes. That's exactly. That's good. That's good. And but do you think this will affect uh, how you go about your work currently? No. Uh, no very <laughs> yeah. little of what I do really right now really involves sources at all. Uh, right. Right now, it's mo- it's mostly a matter of compiling all these things that are out there but not presented. Uh, to a large audience, that's what this book is about. And the column I do for The Intercept is really 
you know, I don't do a whole lot of traditional journalism these days. Uh, right. There's just so much that, that's happened that needs to be reconfigured and represented. It's, right. it's very fundamentally important. And plus, I'm really more of a commentator than a journalist anyway. My, my job is to is to take these pieces and, and present a certain case, you know, against the system and uh, <laughs> to propose solutions that are, you know, people are going to uh, agree are, are viable. That's that's my position. So, you know, the column I write, for instance, you know, it's mostly about making fun of other journalists. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so, so it doesn't it doesn't affect me at all, but right. I'll be affected by other ongoing DOJ policies like criminality and, uh, you know, lack of respect for the rule of law. Those are things that are kind of universal right. to our government. And, uh, they, you know. So, and, uh, oh, go ahead, Warren. You want to ask um, a question? So for our new listeners who are just hear, hearing of you for the first time, you're a whistleblower that was um, arrested um, <laughs> and charged with 100 years of crimes for... I don't think he was charged with that, yeah, but he was threatened he was with a long that, time. Yeah. How, many, how many years were you like looking at I, if, if you take the total, the, the maximum of each charge, each count that I was uh, hit with from the beginning, I was facing 105 years total worth of charges. But realistically, what that means is that even if we had, I would have been looking at really just a couple decades, you know, even if we had managed to get some dismissed, but some right. not, and then gone to court, I would have been, you know, realistically gotten 20, 30 years. That's that's very common in the federal system. Um, and what, what so, did you blow the whistle on that kid? Made them do that. <laughs> well, it was more of a it was more of a thing where you know, I, I mean, I went beyond the, the traditional purview of a journalist, uh, you know, and that's important to emphasize is that I'm not really interested in in uh, defending journalism against state interference. I think that's something that even the American people, even in their their sorry state of today, are are, are capable of, of kind of doing themselves. I'm more interested in in. Uh, defending the rights of a citizen to right. engage in enhanced civil disobedience. There you go. To engage in, in, in technically illegal counterattacks against government institutions that have started out by committing crimes against you. This case was, was very much, this, this is very emblematic of that. I mean, we had a situation in which the government had been involved uh, in. Well, you know what? Uh, are you uh, still there, Barrett? Uh, charge my phone now you start okay uh, so so i mean this was more of a situation where this was more about a matter of sort of self-defense civic self-defense to what extent when the government itself is committing crimes against you and against other journalists and against activists and only being exposed by hackers people who are technically committing crimes to expose these things uh to what extent is it you're now you're not just your right but your duty to organize resistance against that government that that's what right. to me this case was all about and what the line is whistleblowers too. out there who, who right. you know who, who have made the case for whistleblowing and in, in a sort of very limited sense and leakers and that sort of thing and that's important but uh my, my emphasis i never wanted to be a journalist i wanted to be revolutionary right I, and it's about the line too like you you, you 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 kind of went up to the line and 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 like there's a line and whether you agree with the line or not, like you, you what you did had ball, took balls and <laughs> you, you have paid the price and and uh, I, I I like think they way overreacted. They I would never want to see you in jail for anything. Like what you did, I thought was just they. It's a joke. Like give me a freaking break. In the end, um, that's how I feel about it. And I didn't mean to re, re, like rehash your whole trial and your whole last years, but uh, but I know Warren and a lot of people don't know a lot about it, so they want to. 
ask about that but i want to ask about some of the stuff going forward because like where do you see yourself going forward would you ever run for office you're going to continue to be the journalist the revolutionary you are like where do you see yourself like now in five ten years down the line Barbara? i think i think politics is in a different state right now we don't have to run for office you can still be a politician that's right uh my intent is to build up my own structures uh parallel and outside of the existing structures uh and and bring on people who not, who aren't necessarily just hoping to, you know, eventually get rid of the U.S. government. To people who maybe want to reform it as well. Right. I mean, you you can think of this system that we're building as as scaffolding around a building, and that right. scaffolding can be used to make repairs. It can be used to remove parts of the building, and it can be used. Uh, you can put netting up there, and when the building collapses, it won't fall on you. And so, we want to build a, a very broad basis for cooperation among people who have different uh, end goals in terms of their civics, but uh, agree that these institutions are broken. And how they how they take that information, what they conclude from that, that that's up to them. But so long as they understand uh, these issues uh, and are you know erudite and honest, uh, you know intellectually honest. Uh, they have a, there's a great area of agreement that they can uh, perform under, and beyond that. Right now, there's, there's obviously many, many people, uh, more than ever, uh, including a lot of mainstream people who, you know, years ago would not have been interested in this kind of thing. Uh, but now they are. Now they're open to the idea. I mean, the idea that this, right. this system is viable is no longer, that, that idea is itself no longer viable. You can no longer maintain the fiction that everything is all right, that the American people are capable of fulfilling their duties. That's just, that's just no longer sustainable. And that so, can go on forever. Now that, <laughs> this, that means this is the time to present, to present a pathway forward for those who... Right now, I mean, they're they're on the internet and they're posting stuff and they're angry, but no one's giving them a a, a, a program right. by which to uh, move forward on that. And that's what we want to do. Empower people. I love it because I mean that's what we what our little show tries to do with our audience and everything we do, like even uh, you know in yeah. the writing and how we yeah we're we not find we're not writers. mainstream media. Yeah. We've yeah, been doing that locally. Yeah, with the Boston Institute for nonprofit journalism yes. and. We've been doing some stuff up here, you know, um, as you're well aware, a lot of people from Boston care about this issue, too. I love it. I'm, I'm already just, I, I went on pursuanceproject.org, uh, and I put my email in there, and I signed up. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. He's all this. about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're very excited to have you on here, that you're able to speak to us today. Where are you at right now, Barrett? I'm in Dallas. Oh, Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So can you leave the state yet or no? No, I can't leave for another few months. I have to do. Uh, I have to be available for drug tests on any given day. Yeah. Okay. A couple months, and then after that, for, for the however long I'm on probation, which we would be up to a year and a half, uh, possibly less, uh, I, I can leave the, the district or the federal district of North Texas with permission from the probation officer. Right, but you still can't leave the. Uh, oh, okay. So you can you you can still can you travel other states then or? Yeah, yeah I just have to get permission. Okay. Okay. That's basically the kind of plan I'm on right now too. Um, I feel you. Um, so what, uh, do you feel that, um, this is something that, hold on, I forgot what I was going to say. You forgot your question? I, no, so actually what <laughs> I, I was going to say is, what I was going to say is that, you know, um, I was wondering sort of if there's any, you know, there's been, uh, I guess, you know, people backing, you know, organizations like, let's say, The Intercept, for example, you know, people giving funding to these type of things. And I'm wondering if you're looking at something like that for pursuance, is that something you're, you're looking into? And do you think that yeah, the... We're, we're applying for grants from different foundations. We've identified about a little over a dozen that would be appropriate for this. And we've Great. created some materials uh, to handle those applications. A lot of them, you know, a lot of them, uh, they do their 
grants uh, acceptances at certain points of the year. Yes, uh, yes. A series of staggered deadlines. We've already applied to one uh, and been uh, rejected Open Tech, which turned out to be kind of uh, government affiliated. Anyway. Yeah, that's what I was uh, wondering. We, yeah. We've had some interesting conversations about which ones are appropriate for us and which ones aren't. You know, Peter Thiel of Palantir, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he funded Transparency Toolkit, so. Do what? He did Transparency Toolkit. Uh, one of the guys that we're working with, yeah, should yeah, Ash, yeah, should Ash. Uh, transparency toolkit, absolutely. Yeah, and Teal, Teal uh, is down with that, so. And a lot of tools along those lines. Uh, you know, this is actually the, the other aspect of this is this is that when we bring in lots of different people, some of whom may not be totally up to speed on, uh, you know, what tools are available and how to handle security. This operates also kind of like a needle exchange program. You get the junkies in to, to get, uh, ostensibly just to get clean needles, but while you're there, you give them pamphlets, you give them access to services. Right. So we bring in the activists in this one place and then offer them, here's these tools that you can use to collect information. Here's, uh, here's information about using real, that real encryption. Here's this, this, and this. So this serves a number of functions. I like, I like the needle exchange thing you just said. Yeah. <laughs> former junkie myself. Um, but so, uh, and the other thing I like to emphasize about this is that when we reveal the, the board of directors in this column, uh, what people are going to see is that uh, this is this is now a mainstream effort. This isn't something where we're just having to to get radicalized people involved. This is something where the things have deteriorated to such an extent that we now have a great deal of appeal uh, among people with um, you know from the mainstream, uh, mainstream journalists, mainstream you know, politicians. Um, People who have worked in government at high levels, uh, who are now uh, what about what about the tech industry too? I mean, even the tech industry are, are they worried about losing some of their business because they know they're co-opted? Like everyone knows their security is junk now. You know what I mean? Because of the are they even worried? Like would they join? Or would you well, even I mean, trust you'll them? Have, you'll have certain kinds of personalities out of that industry uh, get involved as usual. I mean, we we always had people who were you know on the you know Mozilla Foundation, right. like you know involved early on before I got involved anonymous. So that's not difficult. Uh, right. I don't think we're going to be looking for people who work for Facebook. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. I, I think Facebook is their business model secure. I mean, regardless of, of what they've done wrong and continue to do wrong, uh, the fact that the founder is. As a viable shot running for president, I think is is telling. What, uh, what, I don't think they're they're yeah. they're. Well, the rock. I think they really they really care about all what the Trump. activists leaving Facebook. They have plenty more where that came from. Right. And so, no, we can also. But that's the thing. And another issue I was talking to somebody about, uh, somebody in, in Europe the other day, who's going to be on our board of directors. You know, Facebook uh, apparently, while I was away, had had become a very popular organizing tool because of its system for setting up groups, and that's changed to some extent. And so now there's a great opportunity to make this, the pursuant system, kind of the gold standard for activist organizing. And uh, so that's just another great instance of timing. You know, the, the timing has been great on this. You know, obviously I, I came out of prison right when things had just begun to deteriorate beyond right. uh, you know, previous, beyond imagination. And so when, when, when the system itself becomes so uh, clearly silly uh, and, and so clearly just uh, malicious, Right. Uh, that provides us an opening to make a, a very different case to That's people right. who, again, 10 years ago would not have been interested in joining a post-cyberpunk direction. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, man. Oh, it's true. It's, it's Barrett like the Brown's big thing. back to save us all. Right. That's right. I remember, you know, like I come from more like uh, the marijuana movement, and especially locally. That's what I'm most known for. It's, it reminds me of the same thing, like 15 years ago, and the change that happened, it became such a popular thing now. And I think the same thing is the other pot place is what you're talking about right now, Barrett. So 
I see like, the same thing. Uh, move, movements can jump up quickly, and, and uh, you know, obviously the, the transgender issues were not even on the map right. four years ago. Right. When the president and I got out, I mean, that that's a great example of how quickly things can change. Marijuana is another good example. Gay rights happened pretty quickly uh, historically. The fact that transgender rights happened uh, even quicker than that, I think it's indicative of how fast things can move, and that's obviously part, partly because of the Internet and the information age. Uh, and that tells us, I mean, that gives us another lesson about what's possible now in terms of, uh, changing the conversation. It's time on a lot of these issues. I'm glad you're bringing this up and working on this and not stopping after all the trouble they put you through. Um, and we we have some more questions, don't we, too, Lauren? You got more? You want to? Well, ask we them? have a lot of questions from guests. Oh, uh, we have oh, oh from the uh, listeners or listeners, mean? yeah, from the people listeners. on Facebook land. Yeah, the people on Facebook Live now. Do you mind uh, taking some uh, comments from the people, Barrett? Go for it. All right, so um, let's see. Uh, so actually, Grant Smith, one of our uh, longtime listeners, asked Mr. Brown, any thoughts on what happened to Aaron Swartz? Do you think there are occasions where individuals are prosecuted as a form of political retaliation for activism? Uh, <laughs> I know he's asking you right now, but yeah, I mean, feel free to answer that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's indicative of, I mean, obviously the thing about that is it did bring attention to how the DOJ operates. People right. you know, learned about this case and they learned, well, he was facing 20 years for this. And, you know, then the, the prosecutor coming to you says, oh, no, he only had to do two. He just had to plead. Yeah, right. Yeah. People, you know, you have to understand, like, that's not, not, that's not proper, obviously. They're just simply, they're, you know, bullying people into playing to things rather than taking it to court and getting mm -hmm. a chance to, uh, to challenge. Uh, and and taking a felony. And so... I mean that's a no. that's a felony too. Like when they say plea, he was going to have to plead. Right, a exactly. Felony. Yeah, someone who's gifted and young and, and in from the our computers. hood. Yeah, you know, it's right tough. On the corner. So. Okay, at, at some point, I think this is fun that people realize we're going to have to choose between our bureaucracy and our geniuses. Uh, the two can't the two can't exist. Uh, Right. in the same world anymore. That's true. That's actually how I feel about it. Oh, I love that quote. Can I quote you on that? That's just amazing. Let's say that again <laughs> and again for me. Certainly. We're going to have to choose between our bureaucracy and our geniuses. That's true. We see that everywhere. Absolutely. Barrett's always good. Barrett, you're always good at like... <coughs> we should have you come on every week and give yeah, us a just, quote like that. You just get a like, concise... Like, we don't even have to have a like, show it's now. Just, it's just Barrett quote. I know, right? Barrett quote of the week. <laughs> I know for sure that yeah that that's a good one um, and I, that's absolutely true. I mean, look what ha look what's happening to so many people. Um, and yeah, I want to ask you about something because uh, yeah. I've seen you posting on some of your page about uh, free Marty G and Lauren was telling me something right. about this. What what's going on with that, Barrett Brown? This is the case I just heard about a week ago or so. Uh, the the wife of this fellow actually contacted me. There had been a Rolling Stone piece uh, a few weeks back about this fellow and. Uh, he what he does is, is this Marty fellow uh, had found uh, he he Marty got Martin Gotts Gottesfeld is what his name is and uh, it's G O T T E S F E L D and he had uh, learned about this young girl who was being kept at Boston Children's Hospital and she is being was being held there against her own wishes and against the wishes of her parents uh, she had been diagnosed with some mitochondrial disease and had been treated previously with pain medication and mitochondrial medication, you know, for whatever that condition was. And uh, they took her to Boston Children's at some point, and they decided that it was psychosomatic and that her parents were acting improperly by having her treated for this disease that they themselves just knew she didn't have. 
and the teacher instead began uh, psychological treatment. And so on the grounds that she wasn't, they managed to get the state to uh, give them custody. Section of the child. 35? Or? And this is something apparently that happens, it, it happens throughout the system, and you, know, you hear about it every once in a while, but apparently this, this particular hospital has done it quite a bit. It's yes. something kind of endemic to their culture. Yes. And so the parents, you know, got involved. They, they went to try to go through the, through the uh, proper channels to get this rectified. And meanwhile, the girl is sending out, uh, she's sending out origami that when the mom opened it up, says, I'm being tortured. Oh, wow. She felt, she, was, she did not feel that she could uh, tell her parents over the phone, over the monitored phone conversation. She was allowed, she was allowed one conversation a week with them. And, uh, you know, she was, so she was sitting there in utter pain, not being treated, being ridiculed, apparently. There's a whole lawsuit going, uh, going into all these details. But so this Marty Green's, uh, Marty fellow, uh, he heard about this. This was kind of a, a minor cause on the, on the internet at that time, I guess 2013. And, uh, he got involved, or he was—he was contacted by someone anonymous, apparently, someone identified as being anonymous. When he was out there trying to find, trying to you know, posting, like, how can we do something about this? And he was taught the methods for bringing attention to issues, and he was also—he also learned how to hack. And so, when Boston Children's Hospital had a event, to a uh, fundraising event, he hacked their website at that time, and that brought a huge amount of attention. Uh, to this issue, as, as it often does in the past, when anonymous has done this, and uh, she was released, and the new doctors did indeed confirm the original diagnosis, and the implication being that yes, she'd had actually had been going through this pain, and they had been holding her, uh, torturing her essentially, uh, this young girl, and so he essentially saved this young girl, and but then he was found by the FBI and indicted, and is now being uh, prosecuted under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which we all know Ugh. quite a bit about, and facing 20 years, and so. Uh, it's something that, again, Rolling Stones covered it, and uh, there's, there's certain uh, groups out there that, for various ideological reasons, uh, are, are on it as well. But it's not getting yet the attention I think it uh, needs. And uh, so we've just been trying to work with her to try to get that uh, promoted. Another thing that's happened recently on that, and this is something I'm going to try to push, because every time there's a new event, obviously, within the framework of journalism, that makes it a, a story again. Uh, that's unfortunately that's how things work. But uh, there's something that's happened recently whereby this wife um, of this fellow uh, posted on YouTube a recording that had been made of a, another federal court deal that involved this girl. Uh, in which the case was explained that she was being tortured and all that. And so she put that on YouTube just to provide background to this. And then the prosecutor, I've, I've seen these, uh, this correspondence, prosecutor uh, contacted the public defender who's defending her husband and said, we're going to investigate her. Uh, and let's take this video down and because it's illegal to make recordings uh, in the federal courtroom. And she kindly explained to her lawyer to tell the prosecutor that she didn't record the courtroom proceedings. She bought the recording from the court. Yeah. Uh, these things. And so that was a couple of days ago, and I guess they'll back off. But uh, what, what struck out as me is, is that according to, it seemed like this, that it was, it was one of these FBI agents that have been sort of scouring the internet for all of the, all the information about the cases being put out. And that's something they did quite a bit in my case. And I was working. Right. You know, placed under a gag order, uh, you know, and they said, oh, he's out there, he's, he's, he's manipulating the media. But they, they just drive them crazy. They don't really think you have the right, right. to talk about your issues right. online. It's, right. it's, and so this, this, this struck a chord with me, and uh, we're going to try to get that promoted with uh, a couple of other yeah. uh, journalists. It's like they with, tie uh, every hand uh, behind your back. To the extent you guys, since this is a Boston issue, yep. to the extent you guys can get this uh, definitely. publicized more. Right. I, want, I want to definitely read more about you know, that. And look into that. Uh, uh, we, we got some other people making comments. I, some of them are crazy. Some are not. If if they're crazy, just you know whatever. Oh, yeah, one you, of the crazy ones. You want to have some of the crazy ones? Uh, <laughs> there, uh, I get this all the time now, and I see that we're tagged on posts together about this. Seth Rich was he murdered? 
No. <laughs> I mean, he was murdered, but I mean, was he uh, murdered by uh, Hillary or was he murdered I, by the, some the, people? The evidence mother? that has been put forward, either both by Fox News and by some of the people on the conspiracy subreddit, has not panned out. And right. a lot of them are now kind of acknowledging that, which is right. good. Uh, because uh, it, there are conspiracies, and it's important that uh, they, we latch on to the ones that bear out and not the other ones. Right. And that makes it harder to actually bring attention to the uh, actual conspiratorial misconduct by the government, which happens all the time. But in this case, uh, I'm, I'm open to, to further evidence, but until I see, uh, you know, until I see something that doesn't, certain, doesn't break down into lawsuits, you know, with recriminations among Fox News analysts, right. uh, you know, I'm still going to be, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting to hear that. Now, yeah, and I read all about that. There was something here that was something beyond just a mugging. It's very right. possible, but the mugging is also extraordinarily <laughs> possible. Right. I mean, if you read the Fox News stuff, the lawsuits, the main guy they were placing it all, he got paid off, and he didn't agree with the bullshit story. Like, he, he basically sued Fox because he yep. didn't want to go along with it after he took the check. <laughs> it's, right. he, you and, know, and it, does, it doesn't mean the story is necessarily wrong, but yeah. it does mean that there are people out there pushing, pushing it on the right. wrong basis. Exactly. And that was, a, that was a lot of the uh, the, the basis for the, the conspiracy. And right. So, you know, that it is a black mark against it. And uh, as other people are asking, uh, do you think he leaked that uh, Seth Rich was the guy that leaked uh, the emails to WikiLeaks? Right, and that plays into this original question. Right, uh, no. <laughs> the, the thing is, I mean, maybe, but it, the murder thing doesn't really jive with that. I mean, on its face, there's no reason, there's, there's no, it doesn't seem to make sense why the DNC would kill the guy after he leaked. All that, would, you know, that doesn't help anything. Right. And again, I'm, I'm the DNC is not, not a very trustworthy organization. I just don't. Uh, I don't know of any instances in which the GOC has been, DNC has been credibly uh, linked to any murders in the past. I know there's been, you know, uh, anyway, the DNC itself at any rate, um, not Lyndon Johnson or anything. But right. so, you know, so that I just don't see it yet. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's not there. There's no evidence, really, besides in that right, case. Right. What does uh, Barrett Brown think about the Occupy Wall Street, <laughs> someone asked? Well, I, I was up there. Uh, Greg and I went up there to go. Actually, we were uh, meeting with publishers for the book that he was that we were supposed to do about him and about anonymous. And uh, so I, I went to. I think I was there on the second day in that square, and gave a, a talk on a, on a live stream about the intelligence contracting problem and how activists need to be aware of this. And that's actually still up on uh, YouTube. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it's it's it you know obviously helps to bring issues to attention, but. And you know these things are necessary, but it's just my my emphasis is always on how can we, you know, are, are we still using just through inertia and just the tactics of the past, you know? And if not, you know, why not? We we need to the extent that we can make gains in how we organize and how we keep things flowing and how we maintain momentum. To the extent that we think about the fundamental issues and experiment with them, uh, we're going to see serious gains. Now, to the extent that we just kind of let things uh, that we depend upon the idea of of just amorphous self-organization, uh, you know, the, some things can come from that. And Anonymous, uh, in some ways, represented that sort of amorphous organization, but Anonymous burned out. And Anonymous, you know, so those are not the things I'm terribly interested in. I'm interested in how we take, uh, how we provide a system where everybody has the equal ability to organize within that system, and they can, right. you know, uh, do so in a way where everyone's on the same page, where, where the everyone's rights and responsibilities are clearly delineated. Uh, we're not going to have philosophical arguments about who gets to do this and all that. It'll be something where those arguments uh, don't apply because everyone again has the ability to make their own entities, and these entities can grow to the extent that they uh, attract more people. Uh, and again, I, I'm also always dubious about anything, including anonymous, 
that has no uh, uh, that has no membrane. As in, anyone can come in and uh, and become part of it. Uh, you have that. You have all kinds of, of uh, very emotionally unstable people uh, yeah. who are right. just searching for something. You want to be part of a community, and that's not a necessarily a huge problem, but it could definitely become one. It definitely, you know, if the purpose of these things is to achieve real results, then that has to be. You know, everything has to be directed towards that. It can't be a self-help group. Uh, it has to be a something more along a vanguard revolutionary uh, cell. And so those things, again, are all, you know, obviously I was, I was heavily involved in Anonymous and, and thought a great deal about what was being done, but a lot of what was done was done by small groups acting uh, kind of uh, self-segregating from the rest of the group. And, uh, you know, the Chanology, the, uh, the massive and very successful Scientology campaign that Greg House and a few other people uh, orchestrated, that was, again, that was run in large part secretly from a uh, chat room where all of this organization uh, occurred. It didn't just self-happen. It didn't just happen in the way a lot of us oh, yeah. like to think it happened, where right. we're all equals. Oh, yeah. There was a vanguard. Yes. And so that's, the kind of, that's my emphasis. In that no, I agree. I mean, we had, uh, just in Boston recently, we had this whole thing with the Olympics. We were kind of partially yeah. like on the outside but there was more of a group that was more dedicated but we didn't want the Olympics basically the people didn't want the Olympics here we didn't want the boondoggle we didn't want the traffic we didn't want the hassle yeah. we didn't want the corruption and uh, he said it was 10 people on Twitter yeah, that the were mayor ended up calling it like 10 people on Twitter and that's what it was it was just kind of like a group of people got organized and started taking it serious and it's amazing. I've seen it happen so many times in yeah. small campaigns against corporations locally and things, bigger things, and a small amount of people working together. You can, make, you can really make yeah. things happen. Right, Barrett? And that's been, that, that's been the template of every every successful revolution, even those that ended up turning turning to dust eventually. But every successful, at least the revolutionary part, you know, it's never really a mass movement. Uh, there's masses involved, but there's always leadership. And so it's it's silly and kind of productive to think otherwise. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, again, so that's, that's, those are one of those lessons that we just have to draw upon. We can't ignore those lessons and we have to build upon those lessons. Wow. So we're going to let Warren, we, this is Warren. This is, he asked you the crazy question earlier. We're going to, do we dare to let him ask another question, Laura? Yeah, let him have it. Let him ha have, have it. at it. Barrett can handle it. Yeah, Barrett can handle Barrett, it. This is the crazy guy. So, uh, our listener, Rod Weber says that he was also raided by the FBI with no warrant and he caught it all on, uh, on video and he wonders if you have any suggestions for activists who are unjustly raided by the FBI. Uh... Yeah. Not really. Uh, I don't think I. I don't think I handled it very well. No, <laughs> right. so, uh, I wanted to ask, but I mean, I guess I mean my sort of meta suggestion is always look for opportunities to take these these uh, these difficulties that come up and try to make them work for you. And that's that's what I tried to do afterwards. I tried to remodel myself while in prison, and, and uh, you know, hallelujah. That. And uh, you have to do jujitsu these things. Uh, right. You can't fight them on on. On their terms, you have to, you know, uh, but it's not something that everybody can do, and not everybody has those opportunities that I did. You know, they already had uh, the ability to, you know, to, to a public, uh, you know, voice and all that. So uh, sometimes there aren't any good answers, um, and a lot of, and sometimes the answers do depend upon the specifics, which I'm not familiar with. So. Uh, I guess the answer is no, then. Crazy guy's not asking crazy guy questions. He's asking <laughs> hard questions today. He's going back to, like, your tough times. You want, you want a crazy guy question? No, what? I mean, you, what are you going to ask him about the Tupac and Biggie conspiracy? What are you going to ask him? Well, another listener wants to know what oh. you think about uh, cross-check. What is cross-check? I don't even know. 
I don't know either. Yeah, uh, Barrett doesn't know either. Um, he doesn't know. I saw that comment and I was like, yeah. what is cross check? How will you explain what cross check is to I us, listener? It. I hate <laughs> it. I, you know what? I, yeah, the I cross think check I, is all right. It's just that if you if you really throw out the stick when you're hitting them against the board, <laughs> it's just a little overkill. <laughs> it's okay if you're doing an open eyes. Mike. As long as hockey. they have all their teeth. It's, it's hockey. hockey. Yeah, yeah, in hockey. Yeah. Um, and you don't try to take out their teeth. Yeah. You, you don't try to hurt somebody. All right, we're the Young Jerks. We're on e, uh, EMF Radio. We're, we're talking to Barrett Brown. We've been going a long time. Usually we don't go this long on phone calls because they're tough, but it's Barrett Brown, and yeah, it's been a pleasure. He, yeah, it's been great. He's been great so content. far. Was, um, you know, I guess some of the other questions I'm seeing here is, uh, you know, uh, your opinion on, you know, of course, people are going to bring up Russia. Yeah, what do you think about Russia yeah. and, and uh, the Trump I mean, thing? I've, I've always been a critic of Russia. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Uh, you know, my, my book that, that came out as an e-book later on, uh, you know, one of the main criticisms I had of Thomas Friedman was that he went over there in 2000 and said that Vladimir Putin's going to be a great reformer, a great friend of democracy and transparency. You know, <laughs> that's one of the things he just totally got wrong. Um, <laughs> later on, he was also talking about how China will never censor its Internet. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, and, and later on, of course, when Snowden came out, he's like, oh, we don't really need to know these things. You know, clearly people like Thomas Friedman will let us know if the government goes too far. He's, he's a... You know, expert on authoritarianism. Uh, so, but uh, you know, in this case, you know, the, the idea that that was presented that this was something manufactured, that there is no Russia involvement. That that that's there was plenty of of pieces that just didn't make any other sense other than that there was at least some degree of contact, uh, illicit contact between the Trump people and uh, the Russians. And, and a lot of the arguments I've seen against this, you know, they, they tend to, they seem a lot of, I don't want to say all of them, but a lot of them rely on, oh, this is McCarthyism, or oh, this is, <laughs> this is just anti-Russian order, it's a neocons. Well, I mean, that's fine, but look, if, 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 a, if, a, if someone who is, who is dismissing this Russia story is not able to refer to the name Paul Manafort, then he doesn't actually know the allegations that are being put forward. I mean, we have Paul Manafort running Trump's campaign. We have his history with being paid by Putin and, and uh, pro-Putin forces. And well, well, that's his business, but it, it is a fact that there is a there is a unsavory and very expensive degree of connections between the Trump people and Russians, and that's just beyond Donald Trump himself expressing uh, this admiration for all these authoritarian leaders. Right. And, you know, so, so exactly what happened, that's something, again, I don't know, but neither of these people who are saying nothing happened. Right. <laughs> and the, the thrust of the evidence in terms of, and again, you don't have to rely on the CIA on this. You don't have to say, oh, the CIA was wrong about this, and they're the CIA, they're the deep state. That's fine. I know that. I've gone up against them. But <laughs> the evidence does not depend on the CIA. Right. The evidence depends on a lot of publicly available information, exactly. filings, and blah, blah, blah. And there will be more information that comes out, this investigation. Exactly. Now, again, I don't like the FBI either. But the FBI, in addition to its role as a sort of concierge service for powerful interests, also does go after criminal organizations every once in a while. It goes after the mob, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we we can probably, I mean, again, uh, what comes out from this investigation, we'll be able to look and see what they're they're asserting is backed up by evidence. Uh, But we've already, the movement on this has been entirely... uh, in the direction of, yes, there was some collaboration here. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't care. Like, you know that Trump, if you're watching Trump at all, you don't know, you know he doesn't give a shit except to win. Like, he'll do anything to win. If you haven't figured that out by now, 
and there was obviously something going on. There was obviously something. I agree with you again. I agree with you like on everything so far. Uh, I love the Thomas Friedman. What was he? Uh, what was the quote on that? When he's an expert on fascism. Well, he, he ex- <laughs> well, he's an expert on, on authoritarian. I mean, well, yeah. he keeps telling us not to worry about Putin, and then China, China won't censor the internet, and then you know he tells us not to worry about the U.S. Uh, when yeah, right. when when. Uh, when um, Edward Snowden comes forth, he's like, he wrote this column that someone sent it to me, uh, prison. It's the only one I've seen by him uh, yet that I missed while I was in prison. But it was, you know, saying, oh, Snowden will be remembered forever as some silly guy, you know. And then, of course, that's not true. And the, the, the argument has moved in, in Snowden's favor. He's now, you know, right. fairly well regarded by a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, of course, the, the Congress did end up making changes based on his revelations. So, you know, he's wrong about that, too. What I'm saying is people like Thomas Friedman, they don't know what authoritarianism looks like. They have a proven record of not being able to see it coming, even when the pieces were already there. He's done it with China, he's done it with Russia. He, you know, and that's, I guess this is a bigger issue than Thomas Friedman. This, this speaks to our, this, the problem we have in this, in this society where incompetence on that level is rewarded. This is, this is a guy who wins the Pulitzer Prize. Right. This is a guy right. on the Pulitzer Prize board now, and he was—he said the—he uh, said the Taliban was gone back in late hmm. 2001, and that the Afghans really don't care about civilian casualties. He literally said this. That's right. in my little book uh, called "Keep Rooting for Putin," which That's is also right. from, from uh, hilarious. Goes into this. You can, you can read it online for free. It's hilarious. I love when some people like you gather the evidence and point it out. I want to ask more on the Russian uh, thing. Uh, the, uh, there's a thing with Russian today. There's been like activists and advocates and generals and you know even political campaigns. Jill Stein eating with uh, you know at the Russian Today event with Putin. Would you ever work for Russian Today or have you done anything <laughs> with Russian Today? Would you be interviewed by them? Like, what's your stance on that kind of? I would I would never work for them, but I've, I've been on Russian Today a number of times. Yeah, uh, I, I will go on any outlet, just like I went on Fox. The first outlet I ever went on was was Fox to go debate somebody. Um, the first time I went on Russian Today was after Michael Hastings back from Afghanistan and, and uh, took him down the crystal with his article for Rolling Stone, and he was being attacked by a lot of uh, you know establishment journalists for, for doing whatever. And I went on Russia today, they asked me to come on to, to defend him. And uh, towards the end, I got, you know, I managed to work in uh, that line about, uh, you know, uh, I was making fun of Thomas Friedman, of course, as usual, and uh, mentioned, oh, he went over there and said Putin was going to be a great guy. And meanwhile, the FSB was clearly involved in the 1999 um, apartment bombings, and uh, that was in the segment. So I try to throw in some anti FSB, anti Putin stuff in there just just you know, for fun. Uh I feel like I'm obligated to do so if I'm gonna go on Russia today. But you know, I have no problem going to Russia today. Uh I've gone Sputnik too, but I mean if anybody asks me, is Russia today a piece of shit organization? I'll say, Yeah, kind of. And is Sputnik a piece of shit organization? Well yeah, definitely. Wow. That's uh that's uh, did they censor you at all when you said that thing about Putin on uh the Russian Today piece? Well, it, it was it was live. Sense, it was live, so, so it went out. Uh, but okay. Sputnik, I can tell you, Sputnik, I've gone on their radio program a couple of times since getting out, and uh, they'll have a written synopsis, synopsis on the uh, article linking to the recording. And a couple of times they've misrepresented my my comments, uh, you know, pretty pretty distinctly. So but again, that's the kind of thing you expect from them, and it's it would be more, it would be a bigger deal if it weren't for the fact that the same thing happens rather accidentally among the U.S. press, as in. Uh, someone's going to get things wrong, either because they're incompetent or because they're propaganda networks. So, you know, it's not something I can complain about as much as I would in a more ideal world where I can depend on going on a U.S. Uh, outlet and having my views properly uh, conveyed. Wow, this is a long interview. I want to ask you a couple more things, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, Julian Assange went at uh, this journalist from, I think he was with Newsweek and some others. I don't know if he's with New- Newsweek. I think he might have lost his job. But Kirk Eichenwald or whatever, have you followed this thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, do you I'm think won that? This. Uh, I didn't know about him until, until I got out. Uh, 
And he is, you know, he's obviously a silly person. Uh, he gets in very silly uh, engagements online. And uh, there was an interesting incident, and I've seen it written about with it, referencing the court records on this thing, where he, back, I think, the New York Times, he had made a payment to this child porn site uh, right. run by run by a underage person. Uh, he had paid him, and he said, "Oh no, this is for an article I'm doing." And, and then later on, the court records and all that did not did not square with that with that uh, assertion. He did write the article, but they reprimanded him for it. And uh, this is a guy who, you know, it's not a huge deal. I mean, look, this is a guy who who he probably is into child porn. Uh, it's illegal, but it's more addictive to me that this is a pretty solid allegation that, again, can be pretty well squared with court records. I've seen a, a pretty minor website write about it, and it's not something that's ever gotten uh, picked up. And that's fine if it's not true, but I've yet to see any you know outlet actually weigh these charges. Right. Uh, and that, that's, that always, that's always my problem, is, is just, just the, the way in which things that either important or not, could be broad, could be whatever, uh, just don't, it's a very haphazard process whereby these things get uh, actually get attention and then get you know properly evaluated. I just don't. I just don't think our the bulk of our press is capable of dealing with anything that involves something that sounds improbable. And for some reason, there's a lot of people who think it's improbable that a person of uh, stature would uh, be involved in uh, pedophilia, whereas history tells us otherwise. And, uh, and even modern history tells us otherwise. We had that Pentagon scandal that kind of went away years ago. Uh, we had the Speaker of our House uh, who was paying off a young man he molested. We had another uh, Senator or Representative Mark Foley in Florida. Just, just in the last couple of years alone. And so Paul Stanley oh, and Jared Boston. Fogle, hmm. Jared Fogle who, I'm, who I'm sure is now one of the leaders of the, one of the pedophile gangs. Subway. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where it, it you know, again, I, 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 am, I am infinitely... Uh, uh, disappointed with the inability of the press to deal with ambiguity, to deal with issues that, you know, might sound silly, uh, but are, but are clearly based in, in, in past facts. They're clearly not prima facie absurd, and that's that's a wide problem that goes beyond this issue. It goes into, you know, other just general aspects of the life of a republic, right. a very complex republic where ambiguity is the order of the day, and there are. Uh, people conspiring to different ends. Uh, this is a republic in which no one really believes in democracy. Right. Uh, no one, every time a politician lies or, or whatever, that's, that's an admission that we don't actually believe in the consent of the government. And so that's, you know, in, in those circumstances, the, rosy, the semi-rosy picture that a lot of our daytime TV or CNN people still seem to have is just entirely unwarranted. And that's a big problem. Yep, uh, it's for corporations mostly, I think. Uh, let me ask you uh, about Julian Assange, because some people think uh, he's working for the Russians. Where, where are you on that? What's your opinion of him? I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he said he's working for the Russians. Uh, he has made comments that I'm unhappy with uh, about Trump, for instance. Uh, he, where he's, he's, I mean, he, he's been caught up uh, making clear mistakes, saying things that are clearly wrong uh, in the last couple of years. I mean, this is, this goes back. There, there's, everyone knows this. Um, and But it's not something that it hasn't quite hit my red line. It's not something where I'm going to go out and denounce him regularly. Or, you know, for instance, if I were asked to work with him on something, on a release or something of that nature, like I've done in the past, so, sort of, uh, I wouldn't turn it down just because I disagree with what he's done in that regard. But the, the, the Russia thing is a complicated deal. 
from the standpoint of, of the ethics of leaking. Uh, I actually don't disagree with him leaking those DNC emails because regardless of where it came from, they are legitimate uh, materials about a powerful organization that has engaged in wrongdoing. And um, I understand those who don't want to work with him for other reasons. Uh, for, in for instance, the idea that maybe he didn't release stuff on the Republicans or the idea that he was trying to influence the election. Uh, so to the extent that he did have materials, which I don't think I know, about you know, the Republicans that could have hurt Trump and didn't release them, that I would have a problem with. But I don't know that yet. Uh, he is, you know, a lot of people that I've worked with, I have considerable disagreements with, with their yeah. conducts and with their, their right. beliefs. That includes Jeremy Hammond, even. Right. Uh, and so, but it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't have a firm answer on what's appropriate, who's appropriate to work with, what is what is the red line, what should, what should the red line be where you don't do it anymore. Uh, it's, it's a complicated issue, but I, tr I try to at least be candid about it when there are issues, uh, because otherwise we turn into a lot of the stuff that we're fighting. Awesome. We got some, a lot of more crazy comments, but we're running out of time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you can see it on our Facebook, too. Yeah. Check I mean, out. I just think one is funny, because this guy, Dominic, writes, he loved Big Brother. Is Barrett Brown right now? I don't know where you said that. Did you say that, Barrett? I don't. I don't hear that. Do you love Big Brother? Um. <laughs> it's like a Bill Hicks, Alex Jones, yeah. Our relationship is no one's business. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I am Bill Hicks. He can either confirm nor deny. I am Bill Hicks. You're Alex Jones. You know who said that? I am Bill Hicks. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you have we're a going secret off, start, yeah. yeah, we're going it's off the really deep sexual nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a great... I, I can't... Uh, I, we want to thank you so much for uh, spending the time. Yeah, you really covered so much, and you brought people up to speed as well as letting people know what uh, you're working on currently and how they can get involved. Like, you know, someone like me, for instance, who misses being involved. Um, this is a really great place to start because I do see you uh, working on trying to solve a lot of problems problems that I, I know, you know, I noticed as well working in this. So this is like really inspiring and really, you know, I hate to feel hopeful again, but you're doing it to me, Barrett. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why must Remember you make me go to pursuancproject.org <laughs> and see the, uh, see the basics of what we're doing. They can right. uh, sign up and they can donate Bitcoins to pay our project developer and uh, keep abreast of the project. Thank you again. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to give you a round of applause for everything you've been through, everything you're doing. And now, uh, will, you, will you keep us updated on everything? Like, even uh, check in with us. We'd love to speak to you, like, every once in a while on all the news stories and the information you have. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Barrett. It's really Thank good you. to have you on. Guy's going to cry. <laughs> with the Young Jerks here every Saturday at 6 p.m. That was Barrett Brown we were speaking to. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, amazing. We're going to take a break. We've been going for a while. Uh, again, we want to thank him big for just going for so long with us. Yes, so. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for hitting the ground running when you got out. Um, I know like that must take so much strength. Um, I'm inspired by that as well. Um, I'm inspired by the show we just did. For yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, it's all about us it's now. All about us. He just gave us like awesome content. Like really I know, good he's shit. Re yeah, tons he, like, of meat. All like policy wonk. Like really good. And he speaks Barrett's well. Barrett's smarter than like anyone. Like, I Barrett's love his a, some of his phrases. Barrett's it's a genius. Just, That's I why love, he's not going to be around much longer. I have a boy longer. crush on him. <laughs> you gotta be, well, I'm totally straight male, but I got a little crush on him. You think you Brown. have a crush on him. I know. Thomas Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> he called it uh, the expert on uh, 
What was it? Uh, Unauthoritarianism. Authoritarianism. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. And then we found out he's a pedo. Your best yeah, source for medical quality we'll CBD products. <laughs> we got to get another guest. We'll be back the Young again. Jerks radio show. You are listening to The Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. Do you need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, my can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. <laughs> we're live. We're, we're giving Herbie a hard time today for Herbie. Word. Hey, Herbie, you know what? I think Barrett Brown probably knows your name more than he knows my name now. So you're probably <laughs> famous now. Herbie's stepping away. He can't help himself. <laughs> He's trying to fix stuff. He fixed the Barrett Brown misspelling right away. Good. Quick, quicker than anyone would have from New York Times. Right. Oh, way quicker. Than way New quicker. York. Yeah. We give him a hard time and then he fixed it. Like yeah. Immediately. Yeah, like he actually takes constructive criticism or something. Well, he doesn't like it. He no. doesn't like when I bring up his name and pick on him. Well, he doesn't. We talk about that. He should get his spelling right next time. We're very excited. <laughs> We're having a good show, aren't we? I think so. I hope so. We had a fun day. We had a little so party. Far, so we went we to did. a party. We ate a lot of meat. We, I don't know about the vegans if they're going to be happy. I'm kind of vegan, but I'm not. I Why? should be. I basically Why? want to be vegan, but. I had five. Stop I'm, trying. I'm a weak person. <laughs> Stop trying. I'm just weak. I stopped trying a while ago. But, yeah, we went to a nice party, didn't we? Yeah. I had five hot dogs. With DJ <laughs> Slim. With DJ Slim. And we yeah. saw Mr. DL and Red Blazer. And, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And then we came here and we did a show. It was an amazing so far. We had uh, Barrett Brown on the show. That we did. And we covered a lot of territory. Yeah. And you kind of led that one, didn't you, a little bit? Uh, I feel like Barrett led that one more than anybody else. I know, right? Did I give you <laughs> space, though? Because I kind of wanted to... Like, I, know, I knew he was your friend. And... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not trying to talk about myself and his, his friendship anyway. I know, but as, I much as, I, I as much as I want to, it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> there's so many sp- more important things to be talked about. I so. gave you the space on it, though, right? Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure. No, you're... Everything's You brought fine. in him. He's a big guest. He is a big guest. I want to make sure that I'm kind of, like, rewarding you for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's... So uh, when I bring in my big guest, I want to have the same... Adulation? Well, not that. Uh, Just give me the space to give my questions in. Yeah. And like when Warren has his big guests, we give Warren the space. I I brought a medium-sized guest. (laughs) Yeah. We have another guest here. We have another guest. I may be a big guest We're still having a hard time getting over the last guest. I mean, we just have Barrett friggin' Brown on the show. I mean, this guy is... Google his name, right? Yeah. Barrett Lancaster Brown. Brown. Is that his middle name, Lancaster? It sure is. (laughs) Look him up if you don't know. Look into who Barrett is. I mean, he there's a mention of him recently on the House of Cards show. I don't know if people saw that. I mean, he's like, he's in a popular culture now. He is. As a journalist. He's the non-transgender Chelsea Manning, they say. That's what I someone said in our comments today. That's a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I mean... strange. Our comments are weird. For yeah, our comments have been pretty weird I wouldn't today. trust everything. This is why I call him the weird guy, because <laughs> he's going to go on the comments on our Facebook feed on the interview, and like, like those are facts. Yeah. You got to make sure you mention where you read that, where you got that from, Warren. Com- comments are facts. No, that's fake news. Fake news. Somewhat fake news, I think. I'd have to process it first. I don't even know what it was said. Something weird about Chelsea Manning, and but I don't know. We got a real city councilor. She's not fake. No, she she's does. Not see, fake. that's fake news too, because she's not a real city councilor. Well, she's running. She's a candidate for <laughs> yeah. city council. Big difference. But actually, we're I'm, I'm actually the mayor. 
I'm actually running for city council, but I'm already the mayor. You're nice. The, I'm what? She's <laughs> actually saying she's so kidding. <laughs> this is well, Warren brought you in. She's now the I can mayor of Wonderland. Did, did yes. you bring in a, a, a LARP uh, candidate? Is this what's going on here? What the hell is going on here, Warren? Uh, well, all right. So she's cosplaying. She's trying mayor. to fit in. Don't try to fit in with him. Try to yeah. fit in with us. Yeah. We're serious. He's a joke. Uh, He's fake news. All right, so we have a candidate for office coming here. Yes. Who showed up. She's uh, running uh, Mald, uh, Malden, yes. the city of Malden, Massachusetts, Ward 3 City Council, Jennifer McLean. Yes. And why are you running <laughs> for city council? Um, well, question. originally I started running because um, there's an issue in my neighborhood that I was very upset about, and it wasn't being addressed by the current counselor. Um, it still hasn't been addressed. So, What's the issue? Uh, it's the intersection of Highland and Fellsway. That was my big first issue. Um, What's the issue with the uh, I feel like while he everything that he's been addressing the issue with has been pro-driving, and I feel like we're the people in the neighborhood, so it should be pro-pedestrian. Or what, what's specifically the issue with that intersection though? Like what's the it's problem? It's very, very hurt, dangerous. Hit? Like what's the data? Is yeah. there evidence? Like what do you, what, what's have, this problem? People have died there. Um, there's houses that have been hit. It's a really bad, it's, it's, people are very confused because it's not a real rotary, but it looks like a rotary. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's very confusing. And his, uh, you know, after all these years, all he's done, he's been in, I think, six and years You're talking now. about the uh, current, the current city council, John Matheson from Ward 3. Yeah. Millionaire Matheson. Millionaire Matheson. And uh, all he's done is paint lines, and there's still, there was actually an accident last Sunday. What would you like to see fixed? Like, what would uh, I think help they, improve it? Well, I think they should put the stoplights in, and I think they should Stop do light. the bike path. I think they should do both uh, things that they proposed. They did, the state did come in and make proposals. Um, but before they even gave the presentation of their proposals, he already said straight out, like, we don't want a bike trail. He sent the letter saying we don't. Why do you think that is? Why do you think he has that attitude? I'm not really sure. I mean, I think he just. He hates bikes. <laughs> he listens to Howie Carr and they're all pro motorists. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's just, he wants people to get through that neighborhood, like, as easily as possible and i don't think that should be you are the you know counselor of that ward you should care about the people in that ward i mean originally i was i got more and more upset about it because i was trying to get to the 99 bus and i was like every morning i was getting run over and it was like scary no i know in the city too it can be i mean i when i lived in cambridge i got run over by bicyclists on the on the sidewalk. <laughs> right you know i mean that these issues come up it's dangerous you're looking over your shoulders uh, and yeah, I can definitely see why you might consider running for city council. Yeah. Uh, what do you like? What's your campaign like now? Are there other issues that you're also focused on here or just uh, this? Well, issue? I mean, there's a few issues. Uh, the Malden hospital has been empty for 16 years and I'd like them to develop it. Um, and a lot of people don't want the traffic there, but I think they could increase the 99 bus line. They could do a lot of things. Um, but it's just been sitting there 16 years empty and, they're afraid a hospital might cause too much traffic. No, they want well. They want to put apartments and cottages there, and they think oh. there's going to be too many people. And of course, there's this. Oh, there's going to be too many school children. Right. So they'd rather just have an empty building. Yeah. Which so is. So they don't like people. They don't like. <laughs> they don't like school children. We're not trying to do a park like or bikes. something. Yeah. A park or. There is a group trying to do a park, um, but they need about, they, it's been two years that they started this group and they've only raised about 2 million. They think they need 6 million. For a park? 
but i well i mean the thing is i've worked in hospitals i'm just not sure the soil is safe there because a lot of times hospitals dumped on the sink (laughs) you know so i'm not you know i don't know if they and i've asked the people in the organization if they've done soil testing and they said that they haven't so i'm like well that's probably where you need to start before you say that's going to be our proposal That's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, that, that's, I don't know. That makes sense. I mean, given other issues in Malden's, yeah, you know. Yeah, the lead pipes. What, uh, yeah. We want to ask you about some other questions. Number one, like I'm uh, especially, but you pretty much everyone on the show is like pro-marijuana. You just let you know right off the bat. <laughs> Where do you stand on that issue in terms of uh, permitting? Uh, would you want to see restrictive zoning? Do you want to see, you know. Are you more restrictive or are you more open to that type of business coming into Malden? No, I'm definitely open. Um, and I know the council right now is just proposing a re- you, Warren knows rezoning. It's and rezoning and then stalling and moratorium, which is what they've been doing a lot of lately. Right. With the developments and um, Would you help stop that if you were elected? Would I stop it? Would you help? What do you mean? I think she just said yes. Now you're making it confusing. Yeah, I'm getting so She's confused. on our side, she just said. Yes. Okay. She would be a vote on our side. She wouldn't uh, do the more. You wouldn't support a moratorium. No. No. I think it... She's good. That's what they've been doing a lot, and right. it's... What about the lead in the water? Uh, that, there's an <laughs> issue that comes up with the pipes and the controversy, uh, whether it's a priority, whether it's yeah. you know, a problem... Warren's concerned about the water. He wrote a story in Dick Boston. Yeah, I read I it. would be afraid if I were, you know, living in Malden still. I lived in Malden for a short time, and I, and I am worried about just even that short time. Like, yeah. is there lead in the water? What would you do about it? Where, where would you stand if you were elected, Jennifer McLean, for <laughs> Malden City Council? Uh, mm, well, I know they, you know, they want to get the funding to replace the pipes. I mean, that's really the only option, right, is to replace the pipes. All right. So, so if we had a marijuana establishment uh, giving tax money to the to the, the city, the pipes could pay for the pipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, would, would you would you be down to do that kind of project and that investment? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Uh, we had other questions for Warren. What do you think about? I mean, schools is always a big issue for everyone. Uh, where do you stand on some of the charter school issues, especially? Uh, should there be any public or even Malden uh, oversight of the charter school that had issues with uh, the braids? The and braids, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it's not really in my ward, so. Right. <laughs> True. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I mean, I, I, I have issues with charter schools in general, but yeah. What do you think about the public education? Where, where do you stand on proposals for that area? Public education. I'm. I actually. That's not. Oh, that's why I'm not running for school committee. I really. <laughs> well, I'm not. Re- I really don't. Really know. You know much about education. I don't really want to say anything that I. What What makes you uh, more progressive than the other Democrat? That's running? Well, as I was saying, I just got um, an endorsement from Mass Alliance, which is the progressive group. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and I worked for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Um, and I mean, the proposals that I want to put in place, I feel are progressive. They're moving forward. They're change. Um, and I've, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people who don't want to keep developing. I think Malden should keep developing where there's footprints. So that's when you a say progressive. development. What kind of development? Because I think that's the issue. A lot of people don't want any development right. at all. They're just they're done. They want to put a moratorium. So I hear you. Had I, hear, I, I know that debate, but uh, yeah. then I think there's another school. 
where I think the smarter debate is at. Like, you want development because you need it. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem. Mm -hmm. The property values keep going up because there's not enough Mm -hmm. units. Yeah. What kind of units? How does that development happen? Where where do you you stand there? I think they should consider putting a cap on rents. Have the landlords... A little rent control. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean, because the units that are already going in are very expensive. They're like 1800 a month. What about the units that would be... uh, When you say that you're pro-development, though, what, what kind of units would you... Would you be okay with the mega developments, the luxury sky rise, you know, with the high end? They units? are the most energy efficient. That's what you'd want. Uh, would, you, <laughs> would you, like, you know, a lot of times the argument comes on those units. How many get set aside for affordable housing? Oh, yeah. And that was the thing. The council had that vote and they voted it down that each developer should have to propose so many of those at a cost rate. And it was turned down. And I think that was a bad choice. I so, think there should be a, a, they should have to pay for a certain you know percentage of the property needs to be um you know rent controlled or cost effective or they need to put money into the city that's going to you know develop those properties. Was, do you know if that was a close vote cuz if we elected you then maybe they could flip that. Issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a close vote at the time. A lot of times, too, with these developments, they say, like, you know, 20% has to be set aside for affordable housing mm-hmm. of the units, or 30%, sometimes even in Cambridge, sometimes it's 10%. Would you would you have a number that you would see, think that would be fair to kind of hold these larger scale developments, like, you know, like a 10, 20, 30%? I would say 30%. I guess I wouldn't push to 40, but... <laughs> okay. Definitely. I mean, Malden is very affordable, but it's kind of pushing already right. past affordable, right. especially in the housing market. So the rental market has to stay affordable. And I think the only way they can do that is a cap at this point, just because there's so much development that's already for higher priced units. Awesome. Uh, what's our phone number? We should finally give it up today. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> we have a new phone number. Is have hard questions? Or we were going to give it out earlier, but we knew we were going to ambush yeah. the Barrett Brown. Yeah, we didn't want to open that. Sidetrackers yeah. and fans. And we, I mean, we'd like to do that probably next time when we have them on. But yeah, we, we had a lot of good stuff we wanted to get to. Yeah. And we have a new phone number now. 617-something-something-something. Something, something. You actually started <laughs> and don't know it. You're a failure. This is why we call you the strange guy. 73 Six four. Thank you, Herb. I have to write that down every week. If you want to call in and weigh in right now, maybe you have a question for our guest. We have uh, Jennifer McLean, Walden Ward, three city council candidate. Uh, when's the election? Uh, well, for me, it's going to be September nineteenth because there's three of us running, so it will be that first primary. And you're supposed to ask me why I'm different than everybody else, and I'm going to tell yeah. you in one word: action. Yeah. Action. Okay. <laughs> And um, is there like a website? Is there a way people can get I'm on involved? Facebook, yeah. And I have an email. Um, I don't have a website right now, actually. Do you have a Facebook page? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Jennifer McLean? Yeah, McLean from Malden. McLean from Malden. Yep. All right, we'll find that definitely. We'll, we'll post that up. Well, I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, we have any other questions or comments? Do we have anything going on, on the Facebook Live? I haven't checked it at all. Uh, some people are saying they'd vote for her. They would vote for <laughs> So they'll vote for whoever we have on. It's funny. Yeah. And then we have like their opponents on, they'll vote for them too. I don't don't know how that works, but Rod Weber says you should keep the lead in the water. Oh, Oh. 
wants to dumb people down. He I also think. says marijuana <laughs> is boring and that everyone should be allowed to have it and that they should have an FBI office in Malden. So, I mean, you know. Who's that one? Is that the fruit crazy guy? <laughs> yeah. You have that crazy guy. He, every time it's a conspiracy. That's I, rich. I think it's a different g- guy than the, the donuts. Last time. Let's talk about the donut conspiracy. I don't know. I'm just making up stuff <laughs> the now. The donut conspiracy is just like they do. I ate two of them earlier. Oh, my God. They were delicious. Yeah. I, I was going to eat those donuts, but they had flies on them. And then I ate them because Blimey. I don't care. She out hard called me. Yeah. She's way stronger. Listen, I've eaten worse. Yeah, she was in prison. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> I'm soft. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. we're the Young Jerks. We're every Saturday at 6 p.m. again. I want to thank, uh, we had a long show. We had Barrett Brown on. Uh, <laughs> PursuanceProject.org is his website. You can get involved in that mm-hmm. that project, yes, that movement. Yes, and uh, we'll keep announce. you posted on that as well. Thank him for coming, calling in today. Thank you so much, Barrett. It was awesome. And thank you, Lauren, for booking it. You're welcome, guys. And dealing with the pressure of the party when it wasn't 100% confirmed. Yeah, right. And you made it happen. I got nervous, but everything worked out. You got to thank Barrett for saving your butt. Yes, thank you, Barrett, (laughs) for not making me look dumb. (laughs) And Warren Lynch, thanks for coming in, man. Oh, thank you. I love coming on the show because it's so cool and radical. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. We should thank our other and guests it, too. It has, it has <laughs> is that why we call you the crazy? Do you like some of the names I call you, or are those just mean? Are you got some fake news. Did your girlfriend um, get mad too? That's half, the other one. Did half your, a woman. Half a woman. Um, yeah. he's, he's definitely mad. He's got a list. <laughs> You're like Chris Jericho. You're, you've cataloged every single insult, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm scribbling it in my. Uh, did your girlfriend? Did, do you and girlfriend go like when you go back to the house? Is your girlfriend like, yeah, that mic is so mean to you? Does she get mad, or does she agree with you? Where does she stand on it? Uh, she's like, oh, it's just part of the show, Warren. Don't take it personal. Yeah, you're not really mean. I, well, I want to know what the home life is telling you. I want to know, like, wait, if you, uh, he's a little slow on the response because so, of the yeah, lad, right? Well, like, well, I want to know, know when you're slow. really at Warren. I'm trying to feel <laughs> yeah, it. makes right. me angry easily, too. Uh, uh, right, see, you notice he wouldn't talk about what his girl thought. So uh, um, I think you just no, didn't give him a chance no, to answer. See, uh, <laughs> sometimes she takes my side and sometimes she takes your side. You okay. Know? All right. You know, sometimes I like she Steve. says you're you know what I'm asking? I like her comments. So I like real, her too. I want to actually have her come on the show. I haven't met her yet, I don't think. All right? I haven't met her. You haven't met her? I don't think so. I haven't met her either. If I did, I'm like didn't realize it. Like maybe I have. I don't know. I don't think so, but if I do this time, I definitely remember because I like her comments. I she's like her like too. Right yeah, she's great. I don't know yeah. if she's on there today. Yeah, but. she'll get right into it with you if you want. Her I'm on sure. The show. <laughs> I like she corrects me too sometimes, and sometimes she'll <laughs> comment on when I'm right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I might steal your girlfriend, and I'll start a. What do we call that when you have two wives? <laughs> Brian Ricciolo well, said he was going to steal Wait, my yeah, girlfriend. Wait, I think Brian's today. already got dibs we're on be her. Now. Oh, oh, we're getting to the point where we're talking me, about Brian Ricciolo. Let me Riccio. make sure Carm's okay with that. <laughs> Wait a sec. Wait a sec. We have reached. It's like because it's Brian. Because it's him. Yeah, yeah Brian and yeah. I. We'll work it out. We'll. we'll yeah. yeah. We'll split. But, but you realize what happens when Brian Ricciolo comes up on the show. Well, if I, I used we've to run out of things. I invited him. I thought he was coming no, up today. No, I meant I when we bring him, when we start talking about him. It's why wasn't he here today? I, I, I thought he was coming I, I, I mean, I, 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 we had a big show. I know. I wanted him to come in today. He'll, he'll, he'll be picking me up. You can say uh, hi if you miss him so much. Yeah, I do. I know. I, I miss like him, too. Brian. I like him, too. All right, we got a phone call. Uh-oh. Let's see what it is before we go. Who is it? Hello? Hi. Hi, who's this? It's Ron. Who? Ron. It's Rod. Is this oh, it's Rod. Oh, Rod. 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 Yeah, Rod. He's, I don't even know who the hell Rod is. He's, yeah, he's, he's been commenting. He has a question that we never answered, I guess. Who, I don't know. Who are you? What's going on? What do you want? What's the question? 
I'm the one that uh, you were saying uh, was putting all the unserious things in, in the feed. Which, I, which oh, I'm you're the crazy <laughs> guy. You're the true crazy guy. Are you the guy that's talking about Sandy Hook too and like all that stuff or what? The same stuff. I mean, what? Um, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> Are you a trumper? That uh, Warren asked a question about the FBI raid. We were raided by the FBI. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You're a different person. And, and I'm being the other rude. One was about cross check. Oh, okay. Uh, we is, we asked uh, Barry. by and large why uh, you know Trump got elected, uh, but in, in both cases they were ignored. So I went silly in the in the feed after that. See, I got confused. There's different people we're talking about. I'm, now I'm like now I have to apologize because I what is cross check? I have no idea. My vote uh, was so canceled by cross check. Is, is basically a system uh, which has been largely pushed by this guy called uh, Chris Kobach. Uh, and when uh, Donald Trump was uh, talking about the elections being rigged, he was talking about him. Uh, but what the press uh, ignored to put out there um, is that it was rigged in favor of Donald Trump. So basically what it is, is if you've got a, a common name like, uh, you know, John Smith, and there's a second John Smith in your district, they can basically cross you out. But the thing is that it's run, you know, mainly by white folks. But So it'll uh, more likely be if they see two Jose Ramesses or a hundred or a thousand Jose Ramesses, they all get uh, crossed off the record. So roughly about seven million minorities were bumped off the voter rolls during this election, which would have gone to not Donald Trump, I'm guessing. Um, and so this is one of the biggest things that I think that really should be talked about in our democratic process. That's right. Focusing on Russia a day in and day out seems like a distraction to actual internal problems that are happening here in the United States. Thank you. I appreciate that comment. And I, I'm aware of some of those things happening. I didn't know it was called cross-check. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And your name again? Say your name one more time. It's Rod Weber. Uh, the, the other the fuller way that they say it is interstate cross-check, and you should watch Greg Palast's documentary. It's called The Best Democracy Ever Sold. It'll fill you in on all the details. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, Thank Rod. You. You're not the crazy person I thought you were. I, I was referring to a different person. Yeah, that wasn't you. <laughs> I was all excited. I thought like some Alex Jones-type person was calling in, but you ended up being like... Useful and yeah. full of good information that yeah. we're going to check out further. You disappointed me, Rod. You did too well. <laughs> Wait, I'll I do a good Alex Jones impersonation if you want. Oh okay, boy. bud, let's hear it. I am Bill Hicks. <laughs> We're not going to let Barack Obama uh, new Black Panthers take over. Hillary Ooh. let all these police officers get killed. Here at the RNC, we got to put down Flower Man. we got to put down Vermin Supreme. They're taking over things. They're throwing feces and throwing urine. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Give me some Alex Jones. I love you. That's so good. That's I want to send so you a shirt. Good. Yeah, he deserves a send t-shirt Send me a message. One. Send us a message yeah. on the Young Jerks Facebook page. That's we want to awesome. send you a t-shirt for that call and that impression. <laughs> and Vermin Supreme na- name check. Great call. Thank yeah, you. Great call. Thank you. Oh, All my right. God. Take care. See you guys. Bye. Wow. I'm That's glad. how you do it. Yeah. I thought Bam. Was, yeah. Vermin Supreme. <laughs> we're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. That was a good first call from Rod. I yeah. love the first calls when they're perfect like that. Uh, I have he one. stuck through, too, when I screwed yeah. up. I thought it was someone else, and he was totally different person. And you guys led me down a path. I thought it was the other guy. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to go. We uh, yeah. Thank you, Jennifer McLean, for coming yes, in. Yes. Thank you so Marvin much. Marvin Ward, uh, uh, Ward 3, city council candidate. People can uh, join you on Facebook. It's McLean for Malden. Yeah. McLean for Malden. Perfect. And thanks for coming in. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Do we? Are we coming back next week? Are you going to be here next week? I'll be here next week. All right, cool.
we got to figure out guests, too. I don't even know what we're doing. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. CBDplease.com, your best source for medical quality CBD products, is proud to sponsor the Young Jerks Radio Show. (laughs) 